Hey there, and welcome to episode 304 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with Ange Maori, creator of such comics as Devil's Cake and Rosiel vs. Kaged. Ange, thanks for joining us. Can you give me a quick bio about yourself? Uh, yeah, I've been doing comics on my own since 1993. Nice. We Bob. Uh, and... Uh, been online since about 1995 as far as webcomic scene off and on and uh yeah I've been in in and out of the scene over the years so I'm just back in recently so was so you were around like like way back when like when this like webcomics were just starting right yeah I was on keen space with a little comic with a writer uh, named Craig and the comic was called Telegods. So we were around when uh, it was called Tokyo with Pyro. This is fast. Me- Mega Tokyo. When Mega Tokyo was around with uh-huh. Pyro running that and also when Penny Arcade began. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So what was it like back then? Like, I know this sounds like, a, I mean, I wasn't aware of it at that time. So what, what was it like web comics at that time? I'm sure my vision of it is that it's a lot nicer than it is now, but you can correct <laughs> was, me. You needed a website to begin with. And usually you would have to be in a web ring too. So there was a bit more of a bar to get over because you had to pay for a website space. There was nothing free really. Gotcha. So my, my situation was a writer asked me to do art for him because I had been doing comics with my friend at school and printing my comic. We were printing our comics and selling them to classmates. And um, so we were doing our zines. But she met a guy who wanted to do a web comic. So I was just doing the art for his scripts. And we were just running around with that crowd when it was starting. And I, I dare say we were before Keen Space was a thing. I Maybe. Wow, that's awesome. So you were on like the ground floor of the ground floor. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Did you have people like now when you when you were like posting to Webtoons and Tapas, are people like in the chat being like, yo, I remember you from way back when? Uh, I actually my patrons I have now have been with me since Devil's Cake started in like 2007, 2008. They're yeah. they've been with me forever. And Grace, who I spoke with recently, remembers my work from when she was younger. <laughs> That's so cool. So yeah, I'll bump into people who saw me during my brief little bouts of being visible through history here. That's so great. So with all your experience across the years doing web comics, are is there a core group of lessons that you feel like you've learned during that time? Uh, what I learned is uh, the visual storytelling is what you need. It doesn't matter the quality of your art basically and it doesn't matter if you went to school or where you learned your art from because now you can learn everything free online which is much cheaper and more effective everything that you would learn at school and uh like order of the stick i think is the one comic they just get by with stick figures and uh ryan north's uh dinosaur comics he uses the same pixel art and the writing comes through for his comics so you don't 
need much to be effective. And if you're having trouble with anything, you can find the resources to fix your problem online. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome. Yeah. And it has to be cool to sort of see the evolution. I mean, actually, you can tell me if it's cool to see the evolution of web comics over that time. Um, is it like, you know, with, with how the internet's changed and everything, um, do you feel like it's better now as far as like people's like visibility with web comics or do you feel like it's worse? What, 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 what do you, what have you sort of observed? Less visibility because it's, it's, a. Uh it's uh, easier to get on tapas, get on webtoon and get on the world stage and get in front of a lot of people. But now you're really fighting for visibility. And that's what a lot of my comrades are having issues right now is getting visible so they can get their 1000 followers they need to survive, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but do you feel like it's nice to have that, like, maybe a better connection to the community though online now uh do you, do you like that part of it i'm really excited to see lots of um blossoming young artists able to get online and sort of defy anything they've been getting from uh like their small town you know any shit they might have been getting from other people in their small town but they can get online and see that people appreciate them mm -hmm. and appreciate their work so i feel like it saves a lot of budding artists from like quitting when they can get that feedback. Yeah, that's a really, that's a good way of looking at it. I like that. Um, so you did a comic in the nineties and that, that eventually ended. And then um, did, is that the time where you sort of moved away from comics for a bit? No, I was still obsessed. I, I got like uh Eisner's sequential art book. I got Scott McCloud's book. I was, I loved comics. Comics were the best mm -hmm. and I wanted to do comics. So even through college, I was planning stories and planning things that I would do while I was learning illustration in college. That's awesome. And then, so was it in college that, um, that you're, you're the webcomic that you currently do, um, Devil's Cake, is, is that where that came from? Yeah, it came from a conversation with a friend in college and, and the idea for it came up. And one of my teachers pointed out that I should do it in a certain style of an illustration that I was just doing daydreaming about the comic. And it just sort of blew up after that. I got it together for like, rising stars of manga and submitted to Tokyo pop when that was running. And That's awesome. Was it, so do you mind sharing the conversation or is it very private? I, you don't have to say. Uh, the, the one with my, Oh, with the friend or with the teacher? Yeah, with the friend. Yeah. I'm curious. Oh, with the, the friend. Was. Yeah, yeah. You're in college and you're trying to figure out why can't I get a guy? My friend was always dying. Like, why can't I get a guy? And my brain just went off and I go, what if it's like, like a supernatural demon who's like chasing all the boys away and she starts laughing. I'm like, actually, that's a good idea for a comic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, that's, that's the one thing I was reading. I read, I started reading it at the beginning. Uh, I love how you have two sides of the comic where it's really cute. You know, it's this, this girl trying to get a guy. And then there's this like weird, 
like extremely dark side to it too. So I got, not to spoil the beginning, but I got to the part where the guy's seeing the psychologist. Uh, I got to the part where he had the nightmare first. And I was like, holy crap. Like it just like <laughs> took a turn right away. And I was like, this was so cute. And now, <laughs> so I'm curious, where did the, the uh, desire to sort of have these two contrasting tones come from? Uh, was that just always baked into the idea from the beginning? Uh, yeah, I redid that first chapter and tested it on a lot of people before it even came out. But I, I love, I grew up on Tim Burton and mm. I am a little, I went to art school, so I never had to turn into a goth, but I've always been a goth at my core, I guess. <laughs> so I do have a dark, uh, spooky aspect to my work. And uh, I think that's, I've noticed now that I've connected with more European and like Canadian European creators, I do have a sense of storytelling like they do. And I think that might be culturally tied to the Spanish side of my family, I feel. Okay, that's cool. That's cool to find your roots artistically through your family. I've never thought about doing that before because I'm really white. I mean, that's probably what it is, but you know, um, but um, so, but that, that's cool. What led you to discover that? Uh, when I was, uh, well, as things were expanding, I was actually working for Sparkler Monthly uh, from like 2013, 2010. And I actually had some coworkers who were in Spain. And one of the editors made a joke that me and my cohorts in Spain couldn't draw ugly people. We only drew sexy people, she said. <laughs> so this is when I concluded it was a cultural thing. And then um, seeing more of my classmates and, and, and uh, another creator in Mexico, we just, we like kind of that little dark storytelling. We like spooky things. We, we like to take it there. So definitely seems to be confirmed a cultural thing. That's cool. And I, I feel like this might be a generalizations, but I feel manga is very good for that too because it's like either or a lot of the times where it's like really beautiful people or really ugly people mm. um that maybe that's a very broad unfair observation but yeah you can share your thoughts on that um it depends on the creators and uh what kind of story they're trying to bring across usually if they're doing more quote-unquote ugly people they're trying to do a more human story or connect mm -hmm. with you in the human level so that's usually a stories done in that style will be like that. Or even Scott McCloud. I mean, his characters aren't necessarily pretty in, in like a Loomis, you know, golden, golden rectangle sense or anything, but he tells stories that he wants to connect to other human beings. So that's why he, Scott McCloud has that style, you know? That's really cool. Would you say Scott McCloud is a big influence? I mean, you brought up his books earlier, but is that, is that someone that you return to when you're drawing comics? Yeah, aside from, it used to be Eisner. Anyone trying to get into comics had to read Eisner's books right away because yes. Eisner broke down visual storytelling and what you could do with it. Mm -hmm. And then McLeod studied with him and then took it a step further and like explored it. So anyone who ever got into comics always gets the advice, read making comics. Just read it so you know how to control your timing, know how to control your storytelling, be clear in your storytelling, pick your moments, you know yeah that's it, uh, it saves people a lot of beginners trouble mm -hmm. exactly yeah and 
so uh, then like, where does your, like, where do your like manga influences come from? Like, was there a series oh, that man. really stuck with you or is it all over the place? Uh, I came from the generation that it was very difficult to get anime. And once you saw it, you were like, wow, because the <laughs> animation was insane compared to the stuff we had, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, we had back in the eighties, Unico and the Island of Magic was a really trippy movie that they had on Disney Channel or something a couple times. And I was like obsessed with that movie. And uh, when we would go to South America to visit my cousins, they would have anime on TV. They would have Sailor Moon. They would have Saint Seiya. And you're like, what is this? It's amazing. It's beautiful. What are these big, beautiful eyes? What is this queer stuff going on? That's the other (laughs) thing. A bunch of like gay undertones and things. And you just become obsessed with it. So when Sailor Moon came to the States, I was stoked all over that. Because all of a sudden, going from liking Joe Mad's X-Men back then, because I stole those comics from my brother of Joe Mad drawing X-Men. Going from that to Sailor Moon arrives and oh my God, you can be a girly superhero was empowering. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. I can see the Sailor Moon in the early Devil's Cake. One thing I was appreciating about it and uh, I was going to talk about your art style with is that you draw gowns and clothing extremely and um, in an extremely interesting way where it's like this mainly with the main character's gown and at the first sort of when they go to the club I love all the folds in it but then you have this great contrast with the demon where his clothing is very like straight so were you also did you have a bit of like is that just from drawing a lot or do you also like do you like older fashion and and um, like looking at clothing design and things like that I do like clothing design and yeah, a lot of people bring that up to me. That's um, I draw fabric well. And I used to say, I used to say it was because I minored in costuming at my art high school Uh and I would do scene work and cosplay and stuff. Uh But um, now I met another artist who's a better cosplayer than me. And she's been struggling with drawing materials. So I don't know if she'll click into that later with more hand-eye coordination, but I can't really say that that's a reason anymore. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's really cool to see regardless. Um, and so you've, you've done Devil's Cake and it's still going, right? You've been doing it now since 2000, the, the, the mid 2000s? Yeah, since 2007, it was kind of my, first long form comic and kind of went off on a tangent and came back so it's been on and off as I've been in work or in school so it's been on hiatus a couple times but it just finished chapter 25 and we're two chapters away from the ending whoa two chapters away so what's um I was at alpha comics in Richmond recently and I saw a couple volumes of it there how many how many volume like how many chapters are in each volume uh, there's six chapters per volume, except for volume one is only five, and each chapter is 31 pages because I modeled it off of shoujo comics and how they're laid out. Uh-huh. So yeah, there's quite a bit of paper in my closet of finished pages. Oh, that's oh, this is so. You have this was like originally it was done traditionally. 
Yeah, for many Whoa. years it was done traditionally. I only went fully digital in like 2015 with with a Clip Studio and a Wacom tablet, and now with the iPads, it's, you just go direct on the iPad. Crazy cool, man! I was like, I was just like, I assumed it was done on Photoshop or something from the beginning. No, that's great line work, man. Um, oh, thank you. So you, so you drew it like on Bristol and stuff or like, like yeah. whatever paper you could find. Oh, wow. It was Bristol with microns to begin with. And Dude. I was doing the 0.003 because for the longest time, I thought you needed these tiny, tiny lines on <laughs> tiny, tiny Bristol. And then an editor from Young Press said, no, you need a B3, B3 or 11 by 17 page. That's big. You ink it on there and then you shrink it down and then you have the nice lines. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I I was appreciating it. There there were some screen tones also I was seeing. Did you add those to the Bristol as well, or was that all done? No, I've never done traditional screen tones. I've used yeah. Manga Studio for that because yeah. it would auto adjust the screen tones, so you didn't have to deal with moray like Photoshop would do. Yeah, yeah, so. that makes sense. Yeah, man, that's crazy. That's all traditional art. And do you have, have you sold any of it or do you still have all the original art from those first batch? Of, of I was, I put some up for sale at some point, but I'm pretty sure I still have all of them. Crazy. I may have to buy a page from you then. That's cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, let me know which one you like. <laughs> I, I, I screenshotted one. If you have it, I'll, I'll send it to you. Yeah, um, I'm gonna dig it up. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's cool. So, um, you do devil's cake and then you have, um, then, and that's, has that been black and white the whole time or did you ever move into color with that comic? No, that one's been black and white. I only recently started color comics, like just these last few years. Okay. And that sort of leads me into, unless you, unless I missed something with devil's cake. I mean, it's from what I've seen on your Instagram, it's a story that's like evolved because I think I followed you around the time you're doing a Q and a about it. Yeah. Um, it looks like it's the story's evolved incredibly like over the years. Oh and, yeah. Uh, the subject material has changed and everything like that. Do you feel like it's a story that just sort of follows you through your phases of life or was that originally its trajectory to just be whatever you wanted it to be? It has definitely followed me through life and with the hiatuses, it's shown my, what I've learned from art school along the way. Mm -hmm. And um I didn't set out to write a story to find out more about myself, but in the end, it's, 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 <laughs> I've learned a lot about myself from this story, just trying to get the ending together and dealing with the tropes that I set out to deal with. And uh, I remember all the writers always telling us like that we write to find out more about ourselves. So even if I was starting out doing something, I thought, I could handle it's turned into something that's taught me some huge life lessons wow that's really cool like that's what art's supposed to do though that's that's mm -hmm. that's so cool um man that and does it feel like so when you're when you have this hiatus do you sort of always feel a pull back to this this story is that sort of always how it's been like you sort of like, you, yeah. you, did you find you were, like, seeking it out after a point to sort of, like, when you were lost? Like, I mean, we all are losing ourselves every once in a while. Did you, like, go back to it to find yourself? 
Yeah, usually the hiatuses were because um, I'd be working or I'd be in school doing something that I wouldn't have time to work on the comic. But mm-hmm. whenever I wasn't doing that, I would be working on the comic. I've been kind of a completionist my whole life. And just like in the Q&A, thankfully, I asked my readers if, if they wanted me to post the edited pages to that I had edited for the books to online and they go, no, no, we like to see the development of the art style. They, they like to see that. Yeah. So thankfully they never let me redo any pages. I would just do kind of light edits, like shrinking some eyes, getting rid of some chins, making some noses bigger for the books, but the pages online are what was the original and how it developed. That's so cool. And yeah, I agree with your, I think I saw that answer and I was, I, I hadn't even read the book yet. And I agree completely with your readers. I love seeing, I love seeing how a style evolves over time, especially how the, then, and especially when it evolves with the story. That's so, that's so cool. And then to have a record of that is just useful for artists like myself. who are trying to learn and everything. It's, it's great to see people we admire grow. You know, have it's encouraging. It is. Yeah, it really is to sort of have a, a timeline of things. It's it's really cool. Um, so, man, that's really inspiring, though, to hear that, like, you've you found a project to work on and, it and, you know, it, it helped you through stuff and it, it helped you change as a person. Um, what, so you, you took like, you, know, you did a hiatus, you know, um, you've come back to Devil's Cake, but then you also have another series going on, which um. If I'm if I mispronounce it, I'm very sorry. But Rosio Kaged is that how you pronounce yeah. it? It's Rosiel versus Kaged, and it's Rosiel just, uh... versus Kaged. Okay. Yeah. Well, tell me about that book because I read only like I read very little of that of what was online. Well, um, to begin with, I I, uh, I um, began working for a little uh, comic company called Filthy Figments back in 2010, who was a part of the strawberry comics imprint who first picked up my comic and then had to phase out and they turned into that but i've been doing erotic comics since then and uh since i was getting back into the game i figured i needed a not safe for work comic to give to my patrons that they could pay for so this one is it it's inspired by like D games and it's a couple of original characters I came up with and I'm just pitting them against each other because I liked the character dynamic and the story that would follow. So it's kind of entertaining and a joke. Yeah. And it'll be leading to like spicy stuff, of course, but there's a lot <laughs> of humor. Yeah. And it's my first full color comic, actually, since I came up with a quick coloring technique that I can Whoa, so you, you came up with a quick coloring technique. I got a hold of a color palette that I feel will translate to CMYK, okay. Yeah. Okay, so um, so yeah, you color it all yourself too. That's impressive. Yeah, each, uh, each update is half a page, but it's 50 bucks for each update because each page would be at least 100 or 200 to produce. Wow. So, yeah. so a lot of people from Devil's Cake came over to that comic then? Yeah, they, they've been following my work, so they know my stuff from Filthy Figments and such. So, and they like that character, Rosiel. Rosiel's based off a character that I've had like my entire life that's been through many incarnations, this little clown character. Mm-hmm. 
So they love that character. And then some other people that were familiar with the character have signed up for my Patreon just to enjoy that character. So I've gotten some new audience as well from that story. So um, I did pitch it to my bosses. So we'll see if they pick them up or not, or if it'll just continue as a Patreon comic. But uh, what I release online is uh, comics that are at least four months behind and heavily edited because we are updating to South Korean websites that have a different censorship program. So, (laughs) So they have really funny censorship panels that I learned from another artist who's been posting not safe for work on those uh, uh, channels. So I'm copying her very clever way of censoring her panels. So if anyone checks that out, please use the technique. It's helpful. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's her name? Uh, that is Lucid, like Lucid Dreaming. Uh, and uh, she's been in the game since Smack Jeeves and she's been doing not safe for work comics since smack juice i might have seen the first time she was online when she got onto smack juice comics but uh now she's running a very um good business with her patreon and her uh spicy comics so that's good i've just uh, been following her lead as i come back into the game nice so i'm we've never really had anyone on who's done not safe for work comics but it is so big that it's kind of surprising to say that what um so you go, I mean, like Devil's Cake has some not safe for work moments in it, mm. but it's like, you wouldn't necessarily categorize that as a not safe for work comic, right? Yeah, it's technically, it's a uh, PG-13. I keep yeah, it's very, it's very soft core, if anything, right? Like, it's yeah. Not, yeah, and you do great jobs with the censoring with the word balloons and things like that. I was like, okay, that's cool. Um, but what is it like? Like, I guess, it, I guess it was different for you because you had a following before that came over, but is it is it kind of different, like, industries, like the regular webcomic world from the not-safe-for-work comic, or do you feel like there's more overlap there than people realize? There's a lot of overlap now because of visibility from sites like Slipshine and, and Hiveworks is doing straight-up Euro comics that have casually topless people, you know, like you would see in the European comics or casually naked people. Like, they're not necessarily doing anything sexual, but it's just like you would see in European comics. Like, so Hiveworks has gone ahead and done that. And then um, now we have in the last decade, we have Ojoy Sex Toy, which is a sex education uh, comic site who's been doing a lot for the community, doing a lot for education, doing a lot for the queer community. And they do a lot of collaborations with artists. And uh, so it's very sex positive yeah. community. And Filthy Figments started out as a female gaze uh, erotic art site because we had Slipshine, but it was still like male-centric, male point of view. So Filthy Figments came in with the intention of having a female gaze site with more to it. And now it's expanded to a queer uh, erotic art site. So now I have a bunch of coworkers that are all queer, um, non-binary, um, trans women, trans men, you know, we're hearing all voices. Uh, I'm not the only ace working there. There's another very prominent ace artist and probably another one on top of that. So everyone's represented. 
That's so cool. And yeah, it's very, it's, it's a great community. It brings everyone together. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That's amazing. And that's, that has to sort of like, I was going to ask them like, what's sort of like, you know, I mean, obviously there are the prudes that don't like this kind of shit, but like, you know, there's, there has to also be a lot of stigma around this crap. And um, more often than not, the people working in the industry, from my experience, are like nicer than the people working at Marvel, you know, and, and things like that. So it's, yeah, yeah, like there, it's got to be, it's got to be hard when people look down on it. I mean, I don't know how it is for you, but like, is it, is it sort of hard, especially when it is like such a positive community to have people no. like, see it as low art or anything like that? We've, I've never felt looked down upon Good. Good. for my work. like in any place like I wouldn't mention it to like a comic skate guy because he would probably get creepy about it but everyone else in the community they get really curious and really excited and they want to know more and um our our policies actually all our policies in most of the community that's kind of a general uh agreement is that we educate because there's been so much media out there that does not educate well on like consent or procedures or safe procedures or what this actually is. So you're not making jokes, daddy jokes about it and stuff like that. So people want to know and we help educate. But um, as far as censorship, we've only had issues because of just credit card companies, honestly. Really? The credit card companies for the subscriptions are what dictate what can be on the site, basically. Huh. Yeah. I mean, it makes so it's sense. Not, it's not people ragging on us. It's credit card companies that we have to stay within so that we can make money. <laughs> wow. So, like, credit card companies dictate the kind of content in your comics? Mm-hmm. So yep. they'll, they'll be like, there are too many boobs in this comic and stuff? They don't mind boobs. Okay. So um, it's, if you get into like the furry realm, they get weird. And they don't want like blood, blood and vampires. They don't want that. Okay. So it's like really limited. And then otherwise, I'm just speculating, but they make a lot of money from this. So I don't think they complain too much. They just keep it on the down low, I feel. Okay. But that's just a personal opinion. No, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, that, well, it makes sense that, of course, it's like the companies with that control the money are the ones censoring, not to get like tinfoil hat. I'm not being tinfoil hat. I'm just stating the obvious. That makes sense. Um, no, but yeah, whenever yeah. we have to censor something, it's dictated by uh, our credit card, whoever, yeah. whichever credit card company is helping with the site. So fascinating. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. And, uh, but, Overall, sounds like it's pretty positive environment still. Like it sounds, despite all that, it sounds like, is this sort of like a, do you feel like this is like a community that you've like, you feel like you belong in and uh, are, are like fully accepted? I mean, it sounds like it, but like, is this sort of where you want to stay? Uh, I do enjoy it a lot. And I'm helping a lot of people just by being there and doing my research and providing sex education through my comics and providing diversity and 
oh, that's the other thing we're all trying to do is, you know, you got all this mainstream porn and, you know, people aren't re- represented in it. There's a bunch of different people who aren't represented in that. So just like me. So people can be more comfortable with their bodies so they can enjoy their lives more. You can have more fulfillment in your life. You know, that's what we're helping with. Yeah, that's that sounds like it's got to be really fulfilling work to do. And also you get to tell a story that you enjoy at the same time. Um, oh, yeah. Because yeah. this is like you said, this is a character that you've lived with for a while. And um, do you find that D&D still fuels the stories that your main character goes on? Um, I've gotten a, it's been yeah, I've gotten a couple ideas from just OCs from like D&D games lately. So that's just kind of the tide as it goes. But um, you do learn a lot of storytelling <laughs> from tabletop RPGs, especially when you're playing against other people who are there playing their characters. You learn better writing as to how these characters would interact with each other in a more realistic way, you know? Mm. Yeah. But that's, uh, do you, then do you like, do you run your, uh, your scripts by and your ideas by the people that you play RPGs with? Um, if I'm using their content, I will. So okay. yeah, there was an instance with a buddy way back when, where I was writing some prose for Patreon and like I ran it by her and we spit, split the profits on it for like that month when it was released as a reward. So you go through contracts as you would usually, because same with original characters, you have an automatic copyright on that information. Okay. That's really cool. Yeah. But in my stories, it's all my characters interacting with each other. So. Okay. That's cool. And then um, do you collect these in physical form as well? Or do you have a deal with like your, the, the company you work for where it only exists online? Uh, uh, the contract with Filthy Figments, it goes to them first. And actually I own the print rights. Oh, nice. For a bit. And uh, the trick is getting, finding printers who will print erotic stuff. That is tricky. <laughs> Really? So they'll, you have to like, if you submit it and it's too erotic, like, I guess, do they, what, like, was it, is there just like different things with, I guess if they consider it pornographic or something like that, is there like the different guidelines there? Yeah. On uh, small print sites, they'll just straight up say in their policies, if they, they don't accept 18 plus or not safe for work, like there won't be a gray area in it. It'll just be, we accept it or we don't. Um, one printer is in Canada and then they've been telling me about some other printers, other places I'd have to look into later, but I've only been looking into printing stuff for, um, Kickstarters lately. So. Yeah. And that was my next question. So yeah, you had a Kickstarter in May, what I was, as what I was seeing, right. Mm-hmm. Was that your first time going to Kickstarter or have you done Kickstarters before? That was my first Kickstarter. I've done pre-orders for my Devil's Cake books before, but that was my first official like Kickstarter. So I was kind of testing it out with the uh, ebook setup because my buddies said I could just do a micro Kickstarter with just the ebooks, and lo and behold, it worked. Awesome. So are you seeing that as like a uh, as something you'll continue to do going forward? Just going to Kickstarter to print and uh and also distribute ebooks um i'll i'm hoping to do an actual yeah 
like print run next time because it is recommended for most indie artists to be doing a Kickstarter or doing a, a crowdfunding event on their site if they have enough people to come to the site. Um, because you sell those initial books and then you get a double for the pay. So you get another line, run of books that you can take the cons and sell, and yes. take, you know, sell from your small shop, et cetera, et cetera. So you still get money from that run of books. And also Kickstarter doubles as advertising because people find you on there and they you run a successful Kickstarter. It shows that you're a reliable salesman. So it's also credibility. Yeah, that's great. And um, so do you have a plan? Like, do you have a scheduled plan for when you're going to go near the, for the next Kickstarter you're going to do? Um, I'm hoping before the end of the year, but I will be notifying on that because real life is coming at everyone kind of hard. So kind of tentative about putting down a hard line, but I announce it everywhere or beforehand. If I have the book ready and I have my quote and I'm ready to go, like I just plaster it across my social media. Cool. And that will be, will that be for a print run of, of Rosiel? No, that one's not ready yet. And also I would have to find a printer. I'm actually releasing a ton of old comics that I've done and old books that I've done for school. So I actually have, I want to say 12 like safe for work short stories that have been done over the years. And then uh, maybe five or six not safe for work comics that I'm all, I'm just getting, I'm working on getting them pre-pressed and into my online shops and some of them getting ready for Kickstarter. So I'm <laughs> taking advantage of all this stuff that I was working on while I was on a hiatus from Devil's Cake. Okay, that's awesome. And so that'll be hopefully tentatively on Kickstarter by the end of the year. Is it going to have, a, is there going to be a name for the collection? Um, not the collection. Uh, actually for Kickstarter, the next one I'm working on is... Um, a picture book on diversity that I did at school. It was technically for a children's book class, but I'm just going to put it in as an all ages picture book. Oh, cool. So I'm getting that set up, but it's in a cute little style and it's just, a, it's just a cute little story about diversity and it's based off an actual story I wrote as a kid. Oh, well, that's just neat in a real way. That really, that sounds cool. So what will that, what's that book called? It's called Blue King, Red King. And um, it's about a kingdom split by all the people. Who, this is going to sound. I didn't know this when I was a kid, but now we know. Um, <laughs> one part of the kingdom likes blue and the other part of the kingdom likes red and they can't get along with each other. So this little kid from a distant land comes along and starts talking to everybody about how amazing it is when everyone is different colors and things and goes to talk to the kings so that people can get along so it's the story about this little kid coming in to try and convince everybody to not just like one color that sounds really fun so this is a book you did in college and have you have you touched it since then or is it still the same as it was then um it's still the same. I'm just going on, going back and reformatting it for um, the print ratio that I need from the printer I'm looking at. So that's all I'm doing. And I have to redo some uh, 
the text and such. So just a chance to do that. Yeah, awesome. And is that, so that was a children's book, but is it like same style of art as your comics? Uh, it's actually this cute little kind of, do you know Chibi, the little kind of babies? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like that and then kind of a simplified style because the whole point to our children's book class was to help us find sort of, well, my last school was helping us find like all these ranges of styles that we could use because that's a good illustrator is you have a bunch of different styles. So it's in this cute little kind of crayon sort of round cute style. It's charming. Yeah. People like it. Is it similar to like, I, there were some moments that I saw in Devil's Cake where like, you like sort of the characters with their being like little over exaggerated with their expressions. Is it similar to that? Yes. Okay. Yes, like that. Okay. They, they, That's so adorable. they're these little doll people. That's so okay. it's a book on diversity. Uh, yeah. The other comics I was talking about um, are being released to my Itch.io and my Ko-Fi online shops. So my old short stories are being released on there. Okay, awesome. So people will be able to find those um, there soon, or are they already there? Um, find, they'll find them soon. There's another one coming out this week, actually, by the 15th. It's called uh, Stained Glass Hallways. It's a 12-page short story that I did during a comic book residency in Florida under the master artist Svetlana Trakova. So that one will be out next this week. That's awesome. Wow. I'm glad we timed this at that time because that'll be out. Yeah, that'll be out soon. That's great. Yes. Yeah. Um, that one's kind of a little short space fantasy story. Neat. Yeah. It's just a cute right. little story. Yeah. And um, what was the inspiration behind that one? That one was some illustrations I did of a, the big floating castle. And um, there was another one of uh, a stained glass, like spaceship in space. That was kind of in an art nouveau style. So really playing with the idea of fantasy and space. Oh my God. I love that. The sound of a stained glass spaceship. That sounds disco. And I love it. And not, not in a bad way. I mean, like, that sounds like cool disco art. Like, that sounds great. Um, oh, man. I'm definitely going to have to check that out. And we'll have links to that, um, to, all your, to all your stuff in the show notes for this podcast so people can check it out. Because cool. that, that sounds like something I, people don't want to miss. Um, what else is in the pipeline for you? Do you have anything else that, that, that's coming up? Uh, in the spring, I want to put out... Uh... D&D module that I was working on the last two years. Um, I worked on a fairyland, so I don't go quoting anything that's under IP. I worked on a fairyland module, but I tested it with um, Powered by the Apocalypse and D&D, so I'm just making this general module that people can use for any system. Mm -hmm. But I tested it with a few people, so I'm just compiling it turned into two modules. I'm uh, compiling the first of the modules to hopefully kickstart in the spring. It's just a little TTRPG module with nice illustrations and characters and sort of a plot line you can follow. But it's um, one day and one night in Fairyland. I need to get a different name than the IP that it was. Um, 
but it's just 24 hours in fairyland uh and that one speaking of spooky has all the wonderful halloween vibes that i love and all the autumn and all the spooky and totally jive about that um but i'm hoping to have that one ready in the spring or late spring for another kickstarter next year just a nice illustrated little module that sounds awesome what's it so what's it like doing that like are you are you writing it all out yourself or do you have other people helping you write out the module um some of the module was live games and other uh, parts of the module were actual chat games on discords so i was able to save the chat logs and save descriptions of locations and i'll be able to just copy paste those in and since it's a 24-hour module there's not too much material to do but i've got little illustrations I need to do and basically focus on how I'm going to lay out the book in kind of a nice storybook pretty way. Yeah, that's awesome. And will that be something that you'll just put out on your store or will you do a Kickstarter for that as well? I'll be doing Kickstarter for that one. Okay, cool. That'll be awesome. And um, so uh, then uh, do you, so you're you're probably busy all the time but do you do conventions in the area do people like are you able to sell works through anything uh any other way besides online um it's been nine months since i was back in the games and about six years since i've been in the con scene so i have, i've been applying to cons like i applied to dragon con and i've been applying to spx and such so it's mostly just waiting for someone to accept me for a table. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I want to hit Dragon Con. I want to hit SPX. I want to hit Flame Con. I want to hit it, it. I applied to Katsukon recently and now they have Station Unity. I want to check out. I part of me moving out here was to hit the con scene out here. <laughs> nice. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. And, uh, <laughs> hope to run into you at a convention then get stuff signed and stuff, whatnot um yeah well they'll tell everybody as soon as i'm accepted for a table somewhere it'll take a couple applications but we'll get there <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it'll it's uh, cons are a whole other podcast um uh but yeah no that's great um yeah so uh i had another question about that and i okay so where so I found your books at Alpha Comics in Richmond. I, I, do other stores carry your books as well? No, not right now. It's just okay. amid buddies, amid buddies with them. And, and they have an actual indie artist wall, which is rare to see at any comic shop. So yeah. last time I saw that was at the Beguiling in Toronto, Canada. So nice. Yeah. Took advantage well, of that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's incredibly useful and, um, yeah, but I uh, saw so if people are in the Richmond area, go by Alpha Comics and pick up Angie's work because it's awesome. Um, yeah, so uh, I think I think I'm going to uh, stop the interview right there. But since you're doing a Kickstarter soon, please come back on so we can talk more about you know your your children's book, your other works, um, and then obviously come back on when you're when you're kickstarting your um, gaming module as well, because that would be super interesting to talk about 
in a visual storytelling and also just in a to get to also talk to you about the feedback you've gotten on it and everything. That would be awesome. If you'll have me back, I will come back. Awesome. Yeah, it was really great talking to you, Ange, and we'll make sure to have all the links to all your work in the show notes because it's amazing. Can't say that enough. Really love it. Um, Thank you. For the listeners out there, um, if you are, um, please give us, if you are listening, yeah, please give us a rating and review on your podcasting services. Uh, Give us a follow on social media. Our Twitter is at ConstructComPod. Our Instagram is Constructing Comics Pod, and our Facebook page is facebook.com slash Constructing Comic. Thanks for listening. Be safe, be nice to each other, and go out there and make some comics. We'll be back with another episode soon. Thank you.